The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're now on Red Circle, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe buttons. You also get all of our other content not just heat as well. Also check out five reasons for written content. We do not have a paywall and check out the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network. That includes prize picks. Use the code five F I V E get your initial deposit matched up to a hundred dollars. This is a fantasy sports product. You can get it from the Google play store, the Apple app store or prizepicks.com. And you can play all the sports that are going at this time. You can play them together. Of course, the NFL is over with, you can still play NHL with NBA, They've got golf on the weekends. They've got everything going on there, MMA, et cetera. So check it out. Go to prizepicks.com. Use that code to get your initial deposit matched up to $100. That code is 5, F-I-V-E. And now, tonight's episode. Down to Biscay. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buck said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop with one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I got Greg Sylvander. You can follow me at Greg Sylvander. Alex Toledo, you can follow at Tropical Blanket. And Brady Hawk, you can follow Brady Hawk 305. The four of us were just together for about two hours, we tried something called playback tonight where we actually got the feed from either Bally Sports or the Yes Network with the Heat playing the Nets, and we essentially called the game. I mean, not a true play-by-play, but we were there for more than two hours. We had a lot of people pop in there. We're going to start doing this off games regularly now. So we've already talked about this game there. We're going to try to do the, our best to talk about it again and sum up what happened tonight. And what happened was not real good. Uh, The Miami Heat lose to the Brooklyn Nets, the new-look Brooklyn Nets. They let Mikkel Bridges go off for a career high, one of the players acquired for Kevin Durant. He looked like Kevin Durant tonight. And the Heat finish, it's not the first half of the season because more than two-thirds of the season has been played, but they go into the All-Star break kind of stumbling again. And this one was really disappointing if you consider that you have to get past Brooklyn. Like, I understand Durant's not there and Kyrie's not there and Simmons is a shell of whatever the heck he used to be, but they're one of the teams ahead of you, and you just gave up a game on the road to that team that's still finding itself, and I just don't want to hear excuses. I don't want to hear that Tyler Hero wasn't playing or you're playing a bunch of G League players. This is how you're constructed at this stage, and Greg, you've said this before. If you have Jimmy and Bam playing and playing at a pretty decent level, you have to win games like this, Jimmy was brutal tonight. Yeah, there's a lot of things, but like, here's the concerning trends. 
The Heat dropped to seventh now in the Eastern Conference. Uh, for those keeping track, the Knicks uh, won tonight, so now they're winners of three straight and in the sixth spot. Brooklyn beat Miami, obviously. They're ahead of Miami in the standings uh, in the five spot. Cleveland's won seven in a row to kind of really catapult themselves into the four spot and take a stranglehold there. So I don't know that you're catching them. You're five games uh, in the loss column behind uh, Cleveland. So now this becomes about getting the six seed. And like, I felt like when Brooklyn sold off, like, like then you had a chance to maybe catapult them as well, but this is a game you got to win. Like to your point, you beat this team so that you can, pass them in the standings you don't lose a game where they are kind of a hodgepodge that just came together recently and you can't shoot straight and you don't get great performances from your best players in you know bam was good but overall it was lackluster and you lose to a team that you should beat i know that brooklyn was technically favored by a point and a half um and you could have gone to better edge and gotten a better line than that. Uh, use the code five RSN for $20 to play, but the heat still should beat the Brooklyn's of the world. If they think that they're actually going to be contending and, and making a run here at some sort of contention in the playoffs. And that's the thing. And yes, go to better edge, use the code five RSN. Cause you need to make these things interesting. These stages, uh, the, the Eastern conference, when you look at it right now, you just have teams that are just so much more consistent than Miami, Alex. That that's the thing. I mean, you know, and and I I just don't want to hear the where you're playing Buya or you're playing High Smith heavy minutes or all that. Like the roster is the roster. They did not fortify the roster of the offseason. They did not fortify the roster at the trade deadline. We are waiting for them to fortify the roster in some way with a buyout candidate. But this is where they are. Like you are what your record says you are. And in their case, they're probably a little worse than their record. In fact, I would, I would guess if we looked at the net rating tonight, they probably slipped under 0.0 overall because this loss was actually not even a clutch loss. So mm -hmm. they shouldn't be as many games over 500 as they are. If you just look at point differential and other things, metrics along those lines, but we have seen every team in, you know, in the East, that's up the upper echelon, Alex, like have a run this year, right? Like Boston, had a run. Milwaukee has now won 11 straight. Philadelphia has had its run. Cleveland, which included a lot of really big road wins against the Western Conference. Cleveland, as you mentioned, has won, had won seven in a row uh, coming into tonight. These teams have all had runs. Where is the Heat's four, five, six, seven, eight game winning streak? It has. Yeah. It doesn't exist. It's a good point. I mean, they had a couple like three game winning streaks. There might've been, there might've been a four game one earlier this yeah. season, but the problem is the consistency. Like you talked about, they just, you know, when those runs came, they lost just as many right after. And then ever since, like they're really just as close to neutral as you can come for a team that's supposed to be above average, right. Or, or somewhere above average. And I just think that's kind of what this whole season comes down to. We know what their problems are tonight was kind of, not emblematic of who they've been all season in some ways, right? Because I really think they did not make their defense felt the way that they have all season. And then when you go and look at the numbers, it's even worse, right? Like the the Nets just absolutely killed them in the half quarter and overall, you know, just shredded the heat. And I think, honestly, it's it wasn't just the threes. Like they, they you know, they did make nine more threes in the heat. They made 17. So, yes, that makes a huge difference. And that's a huge part of the win. 
but they, like there was just too many easy points, especially for Mikhail Bridges. Like my goodness, we you know we were reacting on playback because wow, you know like they got eighty five percent of Kevin Durant tonight in Mikhail Bridges, maybe even a little bit more the way he was playing. Like he was just getting to it however he wanted, you know, throughout the game and especially in the fourth quarter. And then when you look at some other stuff, they out rebounded the Nets by eight. They won the turnover battle by three, but just didn't take advantage of transition. So it's like they really hit most of their benchmarks. But because their defense was, I think, not as physical and not as sharp as it has been other times this season, and the fact that they didn't take advantage of transition the few times that that they got there, like this is the game you get, right? Not to mention all the shot creation you're missing, the fact that Jimmy gave you one of his classic Jimmy kind of mailing it in in the regular season games. Like, he just had a bad game. So all of that came apart, and Mikhail Bridges got hot, and that's it. It was game over. And, Brady, uh, you were talking uh, today about some of the actions they were running offensively. We were on playback today. They did some good things in certain times, some of the back cuts and all that, but just nothing sustained. And the three-point shooting, this is the story of the season for me. Like We keep talking about how small they are and guys are playing out of position. We dwelled on that. But another game where they're sub 10 in, I mean, single digit threes tonight in, in 2023. And the funny thing is I was, I, it was a certain point in the second half where I was saying Peter shooting 28% from three, but it's actually shooting better than the Nets three from three. And that ended quickly because the Nets ended up shooting 44% from three. Like that just shows what they were able to do in the second half, specifically the fourth quarter. I don't have the exact fourth quarter three point numbers on me, but they had to be incredible because to all the points Alex was just making, it was the way that they were getting them. Like it was like uh, they're forcing a, a Duncan switch because they want to take him in isolation or Max Drew switch. So then now the heat are basically doubling over because they're forced to it, but then they're doubling off of a Joe Harris or they're doubling off of a Cam Johnson. And it's like, there's another three, there's another three. So it was like, they were almost making it easy for the nets in a lot of ways, but in terms of the offensive stuff, uh, cause you're, you're mentioning some of the stuff I was mentioning um, I kind of had three takeaways. It was basically the first one was the Jimmy factor, which I was kind of talking about the fact that you just know when he's engaged, you know, when he has it going or he doesn't. And the two ways you could tell are defensively and free throw attempts. And, and up till the, you know, he had a, some kind of late free throws that didn't really matter, but he was at three when they kind of really mattered. And defensively, he just wasn't really in it. This was one of just the, the, he was just kind of out there defensively. And the fact when you have a guy that's going off for 45, and it's kind of your matchup in a lot of ways in terms of, of positionally. It's just a tough look. It's just tough to overcome that, especially when when the guard rotation is just so thin in general. Uh, the second thing I'll say is, is schematically from the Nets, they were basically just cutting off the pocket pass. Like they were not going to let Bam get it in the pocket. And the reason is that specifically when you don't have Tyler, this is really a Tyler thing, but it, it also cuts into Kyle and, and Depot and just basically guards who could pass by any extent. But they basically were just saying, telling Max and Gabe or Duncan, make that pass, like make a force, like a tough pass over the top and we're going to cut them off and not let you just get a simple pocket pass. And, th- and that really just made it tough for Bam to get it and, and get in his spots. He had to just kind of receive it higher up on that elbow area and then go to work. And he had a couple of those jumpers, but it's like they were making it tough where they were forcing role players into certain things. And that takes me into my last takeaway, which is basically – Gabe and Max had good games. Like, I don't want to sit here and say that. Like, Max shot fifth, like right under 50% from the field. He was 2 of 9 from 3, though. And, and Gabe shot as well, just right under 50% from the field. He was 6 of 14. But the thing is, like, the, if they're 
even if they're scoring like that, it's in games like this, the way they're doing it, that usage is just so high that it almost stalls out the offense. Like in certain, when there's like high level players that are doing it, it forces extra help. And then all of a sudden this guy's getting involved and this guy's getting involved when it's like Gabe or Max, they're not sending that extra help. So every bucket that they're getting is so forced. So now when they're getting into a rhythm, the usage just continues to rise up. And it's just like the offense is not coming with it, even if some shots are falling here and there. So that's what just makes it tough. And I'm not blaming Gabe or Max. It's more so talking about the roster they had tonight. Like, it's just like when we constantly talk about the help around them, like it's like, and we look at the guys, the the bench you have, like they were so outmatched on the bench. And that's not, you know, we were talking about this before the game. Like you look at their bench and you're, you're saying even, you know, former, you know, top pick Ben Simmons, but you also have Cam Thomas and Joe Harris and Seth Curry. And it's like, you have all these guys that can go off and you're using Jamari Boye and Orlando Robinson and Haywood Eisman that are just not offensive options. So like, you know, you're barely going to crack a hundred, even if you get there. Uh, so it's just tough. I think coming back around all the way to the first thing I said, it's just tough when you're already out, out of your guard rotation in general. And then you're also getting this type of Jimmy game. Like that is just a lot of things not going your way. That is, that is ultimately just, you can talk about the nets and where they are and trading off pieces, but this is still a talented roster. They have enough guys to hurt you. You cannot take these games lightly. All right. I want to mention a sponsor here. When we come back from this, I want each of us in a minute or less. It's a short episode tonight to give the lesson of the pre-All-Star break. What What is the lesson you've taken from this heat season so far as they go into the All-Star break? Do want to mention a couple of our sponsors here? Our friend Lynette, she was on our stream tonight. She was uh, she was with us on playback. Go to insurancebylynette.com. Huge Miami Heat fan, but she can get you car insurance, life insurance, renter's insurance, all that kind of insurance if you have a bad driving record. She's the person to go to. I always mention it's just two N's and two T's. We have people reach out to us all the time. Insurancebylynette.com. Also, odmpsi.com. That's ODM Performance Solutions. If you have a business they can get you the talent that you need. That's important. They can also set up call centers for you and all that stuff. They're based in Pembroke Pines. They service the entire area. Reach out to ODM. That's ODMPSI.com. That's ODM Performance Solutions. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game. I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Miami Heat. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. 
head to hero.co to shop today. My performance solution here, something that Eric Spolcher needs to address in the second part of this season. I don't care how bad Jimmy Butler was. And I said this two games ago, having him not come in until basically six and a half minutes left again. He's not walking to the scores table until seven and a half. They had a chance again to take a little bit of control of the game there with about nine minutes left. And you're just waiting for those two minutes. They've got to figure out a better rotation on that. I, and, you know, held him to 32, 33 minutes tonight. I know he's on a bit of a minutes restriction. I thought it was limited to back-to-backs. He's not going to be playing for a week. I I, I don't understand the limiting you know, when you have him and, and Bam and not a whole lot else, and you got Max and Gabe trying to hold the fort, but you're rotating in other G-leaguers. I just – he's got to be playing more. That's my opinion in these situations if you're taking the regular season seriously. That's one of my lessons for the first half of the season. I'll give my my other lesson here. I think that he'd have to, in the future, recognize – Bringing back the same team doesn't mean you're bringing back the same attitude. I think that was missed this offseason. And that's something that a former Heat player said to me about a couple of years ago when they did it after the bubble. I think I underestimated the difference that, that there would be from last year's team to this year's team just because of the, a lot of the players were the same. But it's clear the mentality has not been as consistent this year as it was last year. And that has bled into some of the performance. It's not the only reason for the performance, but it has bled into the performance. Greg, one minute or less, your takeaway from the pre-All-Star break segment of the season. You said it really, really well. So I just want to say that um, I couldn't articulate it better myself in terms of uh, the, the running it back and the mentality and all that. I'll say that um, I'm... I feel as good as ever about Bam and Jimmy being the two best players on a championship team. So here, there's a positive, but I also feel like uh, I can't run from the idea or the vibe that um, for this particular season at this particular moment, the main thing is the main thing conditionally. And I will close by saying that my biggest takeaway from the first half of the season, uh, which is inclusive of everything they did in the summer, everything they did leading up to the regular season, everything they did in the uh, trade deadline or what they didn't do, they better have something really, really smart and creative up their sleeve this summer because that is going to kind of define all of this to me in terms of like how, how this is shaken out. So to me, that's what, what my biggest takeaway is. Let's see what happens this summer. And I I hate that I'm kicking the can down the road, but like to to this point, like to me, that's the interesting part of this moving forward. Alex. Well, um, I was originally going to say something similar, um, to Greg's message there as far as Jimmy and Bam being good enough because I I do think, especially with Bam's growth, like these guys are two incredible two-way talents and have shown it in the playoffs, have been more successful than a lot of other, you know, duos that people like to hype up, right? Let's just think about Bam and Kevin, I mean, excuse me, Kyrie and Kevin Durant being broken up uh, recently, just as an example there, Uh, Kawhi and Paul George, you know, now I'm just going off on a tangent, but since you guys didn't talk about it here, I guess the main lesson I took away, this is a more of a just basketball thing now. Um, 
the relief the relief shooting that you know the rest of the team has not provided. It's just such a sore spot that it's hard to not talk about it because it's the biggest problem and it's so obviously the elephant in the room, right? Like, because and the 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 real lesson to take away from it is right. And I, and I kind of spoke about this earlier in the season as some sort of scientific method, right, where they're trying to figure out if the shooting is going to come back up and. You know, their hypothesis, I don't think, is going to turn up positively for them. Like, they might get a hot shooting week or two at some point here, but I don't think it's going to come back up in the way that they needed to, which is insanely, because that's the only way that they're going to have some sort of conference finals run is if, you know, they're just blazing hot from three and all of a sudden the offense looks a lot better. And I just don't think it's coming. I think they are who they are. They've played around 60 games. And that's enough of a sample size. Even with guys in and out, I think we know who they are. And so even if there's still some upside and we believe that some matchups could be favorable for the Heat, um, the real lesson is they don't have the relief shooting to relieve Jimmy Bam and to a somewhat lesser degree, Tyler, who have done everything they need to on offense. And defensively, we know what they are. Brady? Yeah, aside from the roster stuff, I was actually pretty aligned with Alex. I was going to talk about the shooting to some extent because I feel like that is one of the bigger lessons. Like, it's the fact that you just can't rely uh, fully on shooting because shooting is just one of those things that could come or go. Like, it's just what you, you can't kind of put a finger on it in, in terms of heading into a season. But it's also in terms of uh, I think the lesson learned is more so when you're leaning offense, like you have to have more straight-up talent on the roster. Like you cannot fully lean offense when it's more so betting on shooting or or uh, just one dimensional scores or or certain uh, specialists. Like I feel like if you're going to fully lean offense in a way and that's kind of your theme, it has to more so be uh, just like a ton of, of offensive talent. And I feel like that's why there was kind of the the question marks if at the deadline are they going to go get certain offensive talent to kind of push them forward. So I think that's more so the lesson in terms of. Everything here is we keep surrounding around Jimmy and Bam. Just I, I even it, tonight because it's weird. I know Twitter is a small portion of things that go on in general, but it was like you kind of critique Jimmy for a game like this, and then you know some take it into like big picture stuff. Jimmy Butler is this is not going to be Jimmy Butler in a few months, and maybe if it like even if it's not Jimmy Butler in a few months, and, and they'll probably still could potentially lose because the other parts could not live up to it. But I I think that's the weird part is like don't take that into the context of big picture because we know what Jimmy's going to be. We now we know what Bam's going to be. So it's like, in terms of, of the lessons learned, I feel like it's more so from a basketball perspective, it's the shooting stuff from a roster construction perspective. It's building around those two and kind of, I guess, building on more talent. If you're going to go in the offensive full on offensive mode. All right. Well, we will have more episodes uh, through the all-star break. We're going to do a Bam episode. Obviously we'll monitor what happens with Tyler. Check us out on playback. Check us out on Off the Floor. We've got content everywhere. We're not we're not punting on this season. We'll see if the Heat do in the second part of it, not the second half of it. Thanks to Greg, Alex, and Brady. Thanks to our sponsors, odmpsi.com, insurancebylanette.com, which is also known as A Aggressive Insurance, and Prize Fix. Use that code, F-I-V-E. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. 
Shop now at Hero.co.